Hello, I welcome you all to another episode of the Cosmic Matrix podcast with your hosts Bernhard Günther and Laura Matsu. Today's topic is environmental consciousness and how places affect us. That's a big one, also based on some experiences we've gone through lately, which we wanted to share about. But before we get into this topic, we have a little announcement to make. Yeah, so we're going to be offering our first course, which is going to be on the subject of shadow work, trauma, and occult forces, which I'm sure if you're listening to this podcast is something that interests you. Um, and we're going to begin registration very soon when this podcast is released. So on March 11th, we're going to start registration, and the course actually runs from April 11th to May 9th. And that's only a month to sign up. That's actually less than a month, um, technically. And we're going to have early bird pricing for the first five days for this course. So I'm just going to tell uh, you a little bit about what this is going to be like. It's going to be live Zoom calls, spiritual practices, psychological work, and community. And with all of these elements in our own experiences, we found that this is necessary to actually create deep healing in our lives. So this is really... Uh, an intensive, and it's also a transformational self-work mastery course. And we're combining everything. So we're taking the psychological element, we're taking the somatic, and we're taking the spiritual and esoteric approach to handling these topics. So just to give you a little bit of introduction, um, we've really felt inspired to do this course because we notice this huge imbalance occurring when people engage in self-work. So um, on one hand, we have people who only focus on psychological work. So they either dismiss or they're not aware of the unseen forces, positive and negative of our multidimensional reality that also impacts the direction of our lives in a variety of ways. So that's one group of people, the focusing, over-focusing on psychological work. And on the other hand, we have many people who tend to only focus on spiritual practices without engaging in any basic psychological work to heal their childhood wounds and traumas. And this is what we commonly known as spiritual bypassing, where they're kind of using spiritual techniques to bypass human experience. And thirdly, um, we have people who do spiritual work and or psychological work, but are completely unaware of the occult forces that are part of our multidimensional reality. And so these hidden forces are what greatly impact and influence the direction of our lives. And all of humanity in general is dealing with the impact of these forces. So this course, we've designed it to bridge the gap between all three worlds. So that we're integrating spiritual work, psychological and esoteric. And this is a truly holistic and integrative approach. So we're going to combine all elements of the human experience to lead people through this evolutionary journey of consciousness. And we're going to take it together as a group, which from my experience, when we do group work together, it multiplies uh, the impact. So this course is really catered to people who are really looking to understand uh, the interrelationship between hyperdimensional attacks, childhood wounds, trauma, triggers, and shadow projections, and how that show up shows up in their own life. And also people who get caught in kind of these victim, savior, perpetrator dynamics and karmic relationship patterns and are looking to really um, explore why that keeps happening for them. Um, also for people who are really looking to take self-responsibility and close off the entry point for entities and spirit attachments in their lives. Um, and 
we're going to be going into the body. So we're going to be releasing tension and trauma and karma stored in the body. We're also going to be really working with the personal. So our own shadow and then the collective shadow and also learn to use this shadow, do true shadow work and use it as a tool to deepen self-knowledge. And shadow work isn't something that you just do once and then stop. It's especially living in these times. It's like a constant process. Um, and also for people who are like really, uh, in these self-sabotage patterns and they have this chaos in their life and they really want to break free out of these, these, um, these patterns, um, anyone who's looking to develop, uh, their intuitive psychic awareness, anyone who's going through the difficult life experience and is really looking for understanding why this happened and finding the life lesson that this experience offered and just, um, people who are looking to anchor more of the, um, divine light and gain support and guidance on the path. So we have a variety of options. It's definitely, we've definitely made it affordable because we're doing this to be of service to others. We're doing this to offer people pretty much everything that we have on the topic. And yeah, we're really looking forward to having uh, whoever's listening there. Yeah, exactly. Thank you. Thank you for sharing. Um, the main reason, what, as Laura's mentioned, is also why we offer this course because us, uh, based on what we've seen working with many, many other individuals and especially I get a lot of messages about people contacting me about anti-interferences, attachments, if I can remove entities and all of that. And I've, a lot of that I've already addressed in a webinar, this eight-hour webinar I've out there called Forces of Hyperdimensions, Clearing and Protection. Um, but this course is very, it's different. It's kind of, it's actually perfect add-on because we're going much deeper into the self-work embodiment process and really take you guys on a journey over the course of five weeks, four to five weeks, um, and really focus more on really truly healing the entry points. Because as I mentioned before, this this topic of entity attachments, interference, it has become more and more quote-unquote popular in the maybe alternative fringe movement, truth movement and whatnot. But there's still many misconceptions and it's really about not focusing on the symptom but the causes and really bring yourself to a more empowered, embodied state. So Laura and I will be sharing a lot of um, practices and take you guys on a journey. We have also different packages available and all of that will be announced March 11th. So I... Highly uh, encourage you guys, if you're not already on my mailing list, to sign up to my mailing list on veilofreality.com. Um, just scroll down on the homepage and sign up to the newsletter so you'll be notified uh, when we release the course. So with that being said, let's dive into today's topic, which is, again, environmental consciousness and how places affect us. Now... How do you define environmental consciousness? Um, I would say it's kind of the energy in the ether that we experience in our bodies. So, and it also can be affected by time as well. So the environmental consciousness is constantly changing. It's also the overall earth energy that we're tuning into at the moment. It's also the energy of the space that we currently live, whether it be an apartment, whether it be the city we live in, whether it be the land that we're on. So it's really the energy coming from out there. This also includes the people, um, but it's kind of the, the energy in around us basically in more or less words um 
And yeah, that's impacting us all the time. Yeah. Um, uh, personally, I've come across it exactly. And we all have maybe heard about it and experienced it in different ways. And environmental consciousness is anything that affects ourselves, us outside ourselves, which technically speaking, it's an illusion because everything is actually related, intersected and connected. So everything affects us because what we experience basically, you know, in our limited consciousness is just our physical body and maybe just some sensations, but we are not aware of how, you know, all these different aspects affect us in varying degrees, be it forces or cold forces, hidden forces, benevolent or adverse hostile forces, the land we live on, our ancestral ancestors, the people we are surrounded by, and wherever we live, the land, the history, all of that affects us uh, on varying degrees for better or worse. But the first time I really heard about um, the term environmental consciousness itself was by Sri Aurobindo from Integral Yoga. And just to set the stage, I like to quote him um, based on his uh, definition of the environmental consciousness. He says, the individual is not limited to the physical body. It is only the external consciousness which feels like that. As soon as one gets over this feeling of limitation, one can feel first the inner consciousness, which is connected with the body, but does not belong to it. Afterwards, the planes of consciousness above the body, also a consciousness surrounding the body, but part of oneself, part of the individual being, through which one is in contact with the cosmic forces and with other beings. This last is what I've called the environmental consciousness. By environmental consciousness, I mean something that each man carries, carries around him, outside his body, even when he's, when he's not aware of it, but which he is in touch with others and with the universal forces. It is through this that the thoughts, feelings, etc. of others pass to enter into one. It is through this, this, it is through this also that waves of universal force, desire, sex, etc. come in and take possession of the body, mind and vital. Each man has his own personal consciousness entrenched in his body and gets into touch with his surroundings only through his body and sense and the mind using the senses. Yet all the time the universal forces are pouring into him without this knowing it. He's aware only of thoughts, feelings, etc. that rise to the surface and these he takes for his own. Really, they come from outside in mind waves, vital waves, and waves of feelings and sensations, etc., which take particular form in him and rise to the surface after they've got inside. But they do not get into his body at once. He carries about him with him in an environmental consciousness, also called the aura, into which they first enter. If you can become conscious of this environmental self of yours, then, then you can catch, catch the thought, passion, suggestion, or force of illness and prevent it from entering into you. If things in you are thrown out, they often do not go out altogether, but take refuge in the re environmental atmosphere, and from there they try to get in again. Mm -hmm. So that kind of sets the stage, what we kind of... Uh, explained in terms of how other forces energies are affecting us besides our own internal stuff right because mostly yeah. when we think of self-work and inquire deeply within our being we uncover all our conditioning and programming and childhood wounds and whatnot yeah but even to begin with where did we get that from exactly so <laughs> that's 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 the irony when you even think of it when you go really ask the question that comes down into the ultimate question who am i 
Yeah. Right. The self. Who is the self? Who am I? Who I identify myself as? Then you realize as you do this deep inquiry, you know, over a lifetime, maybe even uh, that what you think as yourself and identify as I is just an accumulation of conditioning, programming, memories, woundings, traumas, all kinds of beliefs that you have taken on from the quote-unquote outside over this lifetime or lifetimes. Yeah, and it's also important too to not like, I just want to do a disclaimer on this podcast that being overly focused on the environmental consciousness and how it affects you is also not the answer because it's not just how where we live affects us, it's also how we respond to that. So, you know, if I, if like I hear a lot, people are like, talking about how they're high frequency and they avoid free, low frequency places. And yeah, that's all great. And I tend to also go to places where I feel somatically good experiences. But at the same time, like if you're truly a frequency anchor, you can go into any space and you can change the energy of the space by your energy. And that's really like the true mastery. Like if you're, if you're just a, uh, if you're just subjected to environmental consciousness and then all of a sudden you change how you're feeling because you entered in a place that has like quote unquote like low vibrations, then you're not anchored in your body to begin with. Yeah, that's a very important point because yeah, like you said, many people have abused that even many people call themselves empaths. Yeah, or empath sensitive, highly sensitive. sensitive. And yeah. they are empaths, you know, sometimes empath meaning you really feel other people, other energies, places and whatnot very strongly and then sometimes mistake it as your own. But it can be easily used as an excuse and bypass and even judgment, mm -hmm. negative judgment, mm -hmm. right? Or oh, I don't want to be around bad vibes people or bad, this is bad energy. And again, it's not black and white. There's truth to it, yeah. right? So we need to, on some level, protect ourselves, see where we need to be, yeah. but also be very mindful not to use it as a spiritual bypass or as an excuse. Yeah, and our reaction or rather perhaps response to the energy and the environment is directly related to the relationship we have with that energy within ourselves. So, you know, for instance, when I was doing like healing from like a drug addiction and I went around like the places where they were like, you know, kind of the skid row places of, of town. And I didn't do any shadow work on that aspect of myself. I would just feel disgusted and like I would reject it. But now that I've actually, you know, developed a more compassionate relationship with that period of my life, I can go into those places and I'm like, I, I'm so familiar with it, but I don't identify with it. You know, you don't get, right. so it's also, you can use the environment environmental consciousness to also see what you're uncomfortable with within yourself like a teaching so to speak yeah right? yeah yeah, to yeah. Kind of like work with that energy yeah like the common light worker quote-unquote light worker spiritual bypass is like i only want to be around good vibes because they have a a, a bad relationship with what, what they deem with, to with be negative shadow. yeah with the shadow exactly yeah. so just to also um again the environmental consciousness that so we talked about generally. So what does it mean specifically? So you can divide it, generally speaking, in different groups. So the environmental consciousness can be just the energy of the land that is affecting us wherever we live or are based on historic events in the past, in you know, battles, wars, graveyards, rituals, ceremonies, whatever has been done on the land. And then the energy of people surrounding us, where we live, you know, and be it in dense cities or having neighbors or wherever we are. So the energy of the people is, is part of the environmental consciousness. Our roommates, consciousness. who we or live room, with, is very roommates. important. Exactly. 
our hot spouses, friends, boyfriends, girlfriends, all of that. You know, again, careful not to fall into the blame trap, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, then the elements of nature affecting us, which are not related to humans. You know, there are various high energy vortex places in the world. Most of you are aware of, you know, like uh, Sedona, for example, Mount Shasta and whatnot. Um, but there are also dark energy spots in nature, right? Which also attracts more darker forces. And on that note, uh, which I want to talk about as well, even high energy vortex places, which people flock to is also filled or is an attraction for quote unquote negative dark forces. Uh, it's all, you know, it attracts, they're attracted to the light, so to speak. Um, so that energy, and then obviously what we've uh, talked about before, just uh, occult beings, other forces, beings, entities uh, in other dimensions, positive and negative, also affect us. You know, the forces of nature, the vital forces which Rio Bindo talked about and all that. Um, <clears throat> so all of that is affecting us to to varying degrees. And then on top of it, then also our own, you know, what I mentioned before, our own family, ancestral coding and everything we have taken on over lifetimes, which we're carrying with us, which may not be ours, so to speak. But then again, what is truly ours um, to begin with? So all these different energies are affecting us. And um, the question is now, how are we dealing with? Because like Laura just mentioned you know, most of us, we just want to be around like safe space and where the energy feels good. We don't want to live in the place that just attuned and everything is peaceful and all of that and be out in nature. And it's common sense. That's great. But at the same time, we need to also be able to learn or learn how to work with these energies, right? Yeah. To really like also understand that it also depends on our level of embodiment. And, res- and resiliency <clears throat> is also a key. Resiliency, exactly. Because, you know, like I've always thought like, in, you know, an empath, so to speak, being very sensitive, that I'm too oversensitive for the world. You know, I cannot be there and here and use it also as a spiritual bypass and no excuse. Mm-hmm. Until I realized I've actually talked with Philip Shepard, you know, the, who I had on the podcast about embodiment. And he said, there's no such thing as oversensitivity. There's only lack of embodiment. And also, we attract the people, places, situations exactly that we need for our soul's growth, even if it means to say no to not taking that house or something. You know what I mean? So, like, if you're looking for this high-frequency vibration place and you're looking for an apartment and all you find is, like, not-so-great places... I'm sorry to say, but that might say something about where you're at. (laughs) Same, Same about relationships. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So... Do you want to talk about now how we why we decided to get into this podcast? Yeah, I like to get into there. The inspiration. So um, we just took a trip to Germany, and I've been to Europe a couple times, but I grew up in Canada. um, So much different element, uh, not element, but energy to Germany for sure. And uh, so we just, I mean, that was one thing I noticed. Um, I think it was the second day that we got there, and I woke up at like 5 a.m., and this is a really good time to read the energy of a place because all the kind of other surface level distractions are lowered at 5, 4 a.m. And I was just like, whoa, the density of the energy, even my body, because we experience the environmental consciousness with how connected we are to our body as well. So 
that's one thing to notice is like how the energy affects the, the I would say even more like the ether in the environment affects the ether in your body because there's always like an attunement going on between your body and the ether out there. So I just noticed it was just dense and heavy and I mean, makes sense because of the history there and any place as well, which we'll get into later where there was like actual war and there was tons of bombings in Munich that's going to literally traumatize the land yeah, exactly. as well as the people on it. Yeah. Yeah. We went to Germany a few weeks ago to visit my parents. So that's the place where I grew up at. And it's interesting for me always to go back home because I'm also confronted with my past, so to speak. So it's always that memory somehow brings stuff back up, so to speak, especially when you're spend time with family and you know there's the ramda saying if you think you're enlightened spend time with your family so i had my own stuff come up triggers here and there but on top of it you know i also realized because i haven't been in germany or munich for quite a few years and going back there now with my own based on where i'm at right now my sensitivity embodiment level of being i just felt this very very heavy energy you know, which you just alluded to. And on top of it, yeah, we were also there like in the middle of winter, you know, and very we're coming, cold and we're dark. coming from California, we're coming from California. So there is, you know, that's taken to, you know, into the equation, so to speak. But there's this palpable heavy energy of not just, you know, you feel on various levels, the people, but also the land of especially Europe in general. And that energy is not only specific, I've realized, to Germany. It's just specific to any big cities in Europe, mm -hmm. right? I've felt the same in Munich, Berlin, London, Paris, or other cities I've been to. And it's just this weight of the past, the weight of tradition, the weight of the history, especially in Europe with the war and what has happened there and what has been, you know, this is an old, old land, old country. It's older than... You know, and when we talk about culture and and, and all that, then um, North America, Canada, the U.S., obviously, yes, the Native Americans have lived there, but I'm talking about, you know, quote-unquote modern civilization. So <clears throat> in Munich, we've been in places that have been thousands of years old, and you really feel that energy that is just contained there. And what I've noticed that because of the past, and Germany is very specific because of what happened Second World War, and that's a whole topic on its own, the distortion of history, but what I've also had to confront within myself, the guilt of the German people, right? That heaviness, there's this, like deeper sadness within that is very uh, unconscious. It's not it's very on, suppressed, very suppressed and unconscious. Yeah. Because no one's also held space for the German people to process their trauma. Exactly. You know? <laughs> yeah. The German, the trauma that, you know, what you don't read in history books, the, the, the German genocide on the German people by the allies, right? Uh, off, shortly after the war or, or towards the end of the war and all the trauma, uh, the German people had to go through and all of that. Um, and the bombing of the cities and, you know, that's major, major trauma for the land. Um, yeah. You wanna yeah. So this is, uh, kind of, this is why we decided to do the podcast is because we noticed the energy was starkly different to how it was in California. And we just wanted to talk about some of our experiences living in different places, positive experiences, negative experiences. We don't just want to focus on Europe, but just everywhere. Yeah, And I also want to like really make this clear right now. 
this is not about oh Germany is a bad energy place don't go there and all of that yeah right it is really no Germany it could also be good for some people that's what I'm saying like it's it really depends that's the most important part to understand with places what we want to make clear it's not object there's no such thing as an objectively best place in the world where you should go to right mm -hmm. it's highly subjective it depends also where you at based on your soul evolution level of being and also your karmic lesson and your surroundings you are put at certain places for a reason not just to have a good time and get away from it all but to resolve your own karma to yeah. bring out certain stuff to to um, learn your lessons be it through the family or whatever things you have to do at certain locations so it's not about you know externalizing everything and finding the perfect energetic clean place in the world And not only that, I think the intention to find the highest frequency place from a bodhisattva perspective is not going to be, uh, give you a lot of work to do in a sense. Like, like I forget who said this, but some monk or something, uh, she talked about how she doesn't want to be a Buddhist and go practice meditating in nature. She wants to go in the middle of the city because it gives her more material to work with. And I think, depending on your intention maybe your intention is just to get away from the world and be peaceful and not have to deal with people that's one thing but i know for myself and you know for you that we really want to work with the energies on this planet right now and this also gives us material for our soul evolution so even if you're listening to this place and or sorry you're listening to this podcast and you're like i don't really like where i am That's great, you know, if you're able to identify that and maybe you do need to go somewhere else, but also think about what your intention is. Because if you really want to be of service to others, usually the best place where you can go is like the darkest, densest spaces too. Yeah. For example, even, you know, but many listeners actually don't know, I was actually born in Los Angeles. My Both my parents are German. They studied at UCLA in the late 60s, early 70s. And when I was two years old, they moved back to Germany, Munich, uh, because my mom didn't want me to grow up in Los Angeles. And I'm actually very grateful for that, mm. <laughs> that I grew up in Germany in more like, you know, in a more fam family surrounding city, you know, because I don't consider Los Angeles a good town for children. Again, it's totally subjective, but it really helped me in my own uh, in upbringing and development. And then, you know, I moved back here. And, uh, you know, it's almost culturally, I'm also half my life I lived in Germany, half my life I'm in, in California. So I don't really identify with neither, right? I just noticed the energetic difference. And what I've also noticed, there's no such thing as the best place. It's just you weigh out what works best for you. Or like you just said, you know, wherever we are, you know, that also works for us. We are put there for a reason, right? And when all of a sudden you don't like the place you live anymore, It's not necessarily means that the place have changed, but you have changed, right? Mm -hmm. And maybe it's time to move on. But also, as long as you feel stuck, that there are lessons to be learned, mm -hmm. right? And not here's the thing: the moment you start complaining or resisting, what is? Yeah, you make things worse. Yeah, yeah. I've definitely used this idea of environmental consciousness to just uh, avoid some issues. But then at certain points in my life, I was kind of deciding where I wanted to live. So I was trying out different places and I moved around Vancouver Island to a few places and I visited a few different countries. And so I think it's also important to just kind of have different experiences living in different places. 
and also notice, um, you know, where you, how you feel when you're in these places. And I'm not talking about like nostalgia or um, any sort of like, you know, uh, emotional preference. I just mean like, how does your body truly feel in certain places? And also what's your intention? Like we're going to get into, I think in the second hour, but this is really important that every place has a different energy and our body has a certain energy. And I think from my experience, mostly the template of our body is based off of the astrology chart, but this can also change. So sometimes we need a place that has like a feminine energy, sometimes a masculine energy. And so we're always kind of drawn if we're following the wisdom of our body and not our mind to the place that's actually best for us. Yeah. Yeah. Not only uh, yin and yang energies, but also elemental energies, mm -hmm. you know, you can see even astrologically as well. Yeah. But the biggest impact is really how trauma changes the energy of a space and the people living in the space can change the energy of the space can, uh, depending on how they deal with the trauma. So I just want to go through some places and maybe we can talk about our own experiences, but, um, we're just going to go through some continents and what I see them dealing with is that, well, as we just mentioned, many places in Europe have deep war trauma because the wars have been fought on that land. Yeah. And so you feel that in the people there as well, like yeah. they're all carrying intergenerational trauma to some extent. And they're and the majority of people like maybe not listening to this podcast, but are denying it. Yeah, exactly. I mean, on that note, before you move to other countries, that's also, I've been confronted with my parents, you mm -hmm. know, I realize I've been also, you know, my rebel and hard time connecting with my parents, especially to my dad emotionally and whatnot. And I took it personally. And then as I healed my own trauma, so to speak, the ancestral one, the, the collective guilt of the German and working through myself, I, I started to see more my father for who he truly is, developing true more compassion, empathy in how he's dealing literally with war trauma, having been born right when the second world war started. So his first seven years were in the middle of second world war. Yeah. Right. And even if it doesn't, nothing happens to you physically, but the energy of growing up in that kind of environment has a deep effect on, on you. And I know he has blocked out a lot, you know. Um, so vast majority of people are dealing with that kind of trauma in Europe and it's completely blocked out, especially like you, we just mentioned, um, the German people because of on top of the guilt and shame by the distortion of history and like the archetypal evil of the Germans and whatnot. Um, there's this, this deep rooted suppression and you yeah. sense that heaviness. Yeah, exactly. And you can tell, I mean, just some of the ways that you can tell someone might be dealing with a trauma that they haven't resolved because they either are checked out of their body and very disassociated or they escape into the mind or they're in a state of anxiety and high arousal all the time. And, um, moving on to the U S um, you know, a lot of people are dealing with anxiety disorders in the U S now. Like it's just blown out of the water. Even Jordan Peterson, I know that he was taking, uh, this benzodiazepine, which is for anxiety, you know, that was kind of in the spotlight lately. And this drug that he was taking is actually super commonly abused. And if you're one of the younger kids to listen to the rap song these days, they rap about like Xanax and they have all sorts of slang words for it. And the reason 
I feel personally from my own experience as well that there's such a high anxiety there is because the U.S. is dealing with collective trauma and it really... You know, this goes back to the deep indigenous trauma on the land and also never mind slavery and all the wars that have been fought in certain places in the U.S. So this is something that, you know, if you live in America, even if you live in what you consider to be a high frequency place, there's also going to be a certain amount of the energy of the country, you know, so you're not just transmuting your own personal intergenerational trauma, but you have to be trans uh, transmuting the energy of the country that you're in as well yeah exactly and on that note also keep in mind like you you shared i don't know if you shared this in the last podcast but you know after you came back from your two-week silent meditation retreat in colorado you know which also in the colorado mountains in a so-called high energy frequency vortex place mm -hmm. but also you found out on you know you were con in your meditation, you tapped into the energy of the land and the trauma there because it was the center was also built, you know, in a quote unquote high energy place. But in the past, there have been uh, wars fought, you know, indigenous yeah. slaughters and uh, genocide. I brought it up to the group actually because I had a dream of like what happened exactly. It was just the most like gory, terrifying just dream of indigenous people like wailing at me it just it wasn't even a dream quite it felt like i kind of because i was having trouble sleeping that night um that i kind of changed my consciousness so i entered this hungry ghost realm and the hungry ghost realm is like these beings who are basically trapped in a hell realm of suffering and they can't escape and that's kind of what i tune into in the energy of the land and um, I asked about it in one of our meditation groups and someone brought up that they had a, they had a retreat there, which they called the, the crying Daton. Daton is the word for like the month long retreat they have there. And people were just sobbing and just feeling that energy of the indigenous trauma on the land. And then they decided to do like this shrine to the ancestors there, which is also kind of like a side note. The reason that you do these kinds of shrines to the ancestors and the elemental energies is really common in Tibetan Buddhism as well is because you want to acknowledge that you're there and also, you know, like ask for their permission to be there, which is really important. Like I know that some, some Tibetan Bon shamanism, they won't like, they, they really respect the Nagas, like the nature spirits of the land because they know Like, so say if you're on a piece of land and you decide to just cut down this 500-year-old tree, you could actually really piss off the nature spirits and they could be causing chaos in your life because you've pissed off, you know, these elementals. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, again, so we see this all across the world, you know, no, there's no country or a place where haven't been trauma i mean you can look at australia obviously the aboriginals mm -hmm. what happened there the genocide you look at india you know and the colonization of india look at tibet and what the chinese have done there look at africa you look at the middle east yeah <laughs> still that's intense what's happening there on that level exactly you know still even now with gaza and the quote-unquote holy land right i mean you can see it on various you see it on the political level from the zionist perspective or you look at more from the multidimensional metaphysical perspective there's a war for uh you know stargates and portals that are there high energy places where egypt is and, and the middle east and whatnot so You know, it's all about energies and frequencies. And, 
you know, what does it mean for us as individuals? So it really means, you know, the more we are truly connected to our quote-unquote true selves, become embodied and work through our stuff, the more sensitive become, the more we also naturally guided to places or spaces where we really fit in. And fit in doesn't mean that everything will go effortless and smoothly. It shows that where we need to be for our soul evolution, you know, in a, being in an environment that is supportive, where we do feel safe, right? But what I've also noticed, when you're in a high energy place, it brings up your stuff at the same time. Yeah. High energy place doesn't mean that everything's just peace, love and light. It also brings up a lot. I've been, you know, especially, you know, when I was spent time in the in the sacred valley, so to speak, in Peru, up in the Andes, it's a very intense place and it brings stuff up. Mm-hmm. When we're in the jungle doing our retreats, it's very supportive. The elements, the spirits of nature and the energy, but it brings stuff up as well at the same time. Mm-hmm. Right. And, you know, these energies can be very it, it can change within a few miles or kilom- kilometers, right? I remember like when we land in LA, it's like LA has its own energy. It's pretty intense. But the moment we drive up to the canyon, to Panga Canyon, everything just slows down and it's a different frequency, right? That fits us better. So it's really important also not to generalize and also not to project externally because so many people say, you know, I've heard like, why well, you're still in California, it's bad energy there and this and that and all these projections, and I have to say, personally, I've, I've traveled quite a lot. Each time I come back to California, I'm glad I'm back. Energetically, it works for me. You know, I'm actually very grateful. This is for where I'm at right now. Right? Why do you think it works for you? For me, it's just, you know, for me, just, I don't care about politics and all of that. It's just the, the nature, the, the land, the climate. But how does it make you feel? It makes me feel grounded. It makes me feel, um, um, I can just relax get more into my body here and uh, you feel relaxed you said too? i feel more relaxed yeah mm-hmm. more grounded mm-hmm. you know not that heavy that's the other extreme and i'm you know when we just came back from from germany where i'm just kind of like thrown through a loop so to speak uh and also but it's also like especially in topang or like the mountains you know the, here you know close to the water water also the water element which we want to get into later the different elements mm-hmm. right but what I see a lot of people, we need to watch out to project externally when you tell other people what's good for them or not good for them. Because again, it's yeah. such a subjective experience. And even feel for some people, they need to be in the midst of LA city or New York, New York city, yeah. whatever the dense, which I cannot, couldn't imagine being living in New York city. Yeah. But, you know, depending where people are at, and it doesn't mean that you're in a lower frequency. It's just, it's not about, um, a value system of better or worse, but based on your soul level, on your talents, on your mission of what you're here to do, you yeah. know? And what your intention is. Like, exactly. some, like I've, I've always, I'm kind of, I've kind of find the, the nice balance between being of service to others and also living in nature because we do a lot of our work from nature. But I also, I feel genuine inspiration now when I'm in the city and I look around and I see how many people are suffering. And if you take a bodhisattva perspective to that, you're like, wow, like, you know, like, how can I be of service to this place? How can I be of service to the people around me? You know, there's this meme I see going around that's like, don't, don't adapt to the energy in the place, influence the energy of the place. And if you really work on your own personal frequency, like you are the one who can change that energy as well. Yeah, yeah exactly. And, you know, it reminds me also of a line from uh, Barbara Messiniak's Bring Us of the Dawn, book I read t- over 20 years ago, quote unquote channel material. But, you know, 
she wrote something or the quote-unquote Palladian said, it's like that we here, you know, as bodhisattvas, so to speak, wanderers, whatever you may want to call it, with a certain mission profile, we didn't incarnate here to escape life or for a vacation, but we're being put to places where we can be the best of service and also where we actually experience sometimes certain friction in terms of our own soul evolution that will bring out stuff, mm -hmm. you know, because, you know, nowadays, you know, people trying to fall into the trap of trying to escape life, right? Escape the world. Let's find, look, this paradise spot and, you know, the most, you know, popular ones, what are out there, you know, trying to people move to Costa Rica, Hawaii, Bali, or whatever it may be of looking of finding that, you know, tropical Utopia. life, utopia, so to speak. And no judgment to anyone who is drawn to these places, to each their own. Uh, but most often this is fueled by some sort of escapism, right? And ironically, like having been at some of these places, those places become very polluted or the sacred valley, and it becomes very toxic because not just because of that's another aspect of the land itself, but especially even a lot of new age type people are drawn to these places, engaging in all kinds of ritual ceremonies, calling all kinds of entities, engaging in black magic involuntarily and quote unquote, pollute the land that way. It's yeah. very fascinating. One uh, of our uh, teachers and psychics we work with, she lives in a very bland suburban area in, in, in LA, but it's very clean and neutral, that area. And that's why she likes it. And she actually, she's so sensitive. She stays away from these high frequency places because for that very reason, because so many people are attracted to and engage in all kinds of um, sketchy, you know, ceremonies, rituals, Uh, calling in entities, engaging in traps of agreements and engaging in, in black magic without knowing, you know, full moon rituals and all of that. Yeah. So that can affect then the land negatively as well. Yeah. And I, I think another psychic that I knew told me, you know, instead of like, so say if you go to a hotel, I, I don't know, I prefer Airbnb personally, but if you go to a hotel and they give you a certain room, instead of like going to room to room to try to find the place with the best energy, like work with the energy that that is there. And that's when you can, you know, I, I definitely work with, if you do meditation consistently in any place, you will change the energy in that place. In fact, I even went around with, um, what do you call it? those rods that you can tell where energy portals are on the ground. So at one point I was living in an intentional community, which I've spoken about before. And I moved into this one building there and like a guy lived in there before and wasn't really engaged in any like deeper self work. The energy wasn't the best, but it wasn't definitely the worst. But I knew that if I meditated in there every day for at least a month, it would change. And it did, and in fact it did. because I came back, uh, I went for a vacation away from that place and I came back to it and I was like, whoa, the energy had just shifted and there was like a lightness and a freshness and you can change the energy of the place um, through doing your own inner work because it's your thoughts and emotions and your state of being that is influencing the environmental consciousness quite uh, quite exactly. a lot. So if you're dragged down by the energy of the place and you get into like anger or depression or fear, then that's something you also have to work with too, or it gives you an opportunity to work with it. So, you know, it's important to learn to not just look for the, these positive energy places, but learn to work with the energy that's present at the same time. If you're looking for a new apartment, or you're looking to move to a different city, 
um, you know, there will be places that we will flourish and certain places it will be like swimming upstream, you know, like for instance, I bet for the majority of us, um, if we don't have the best, uh, family relationship dynamic, living with our parents again is going to impact us in a certain way. And we need to be aware of that. Also who we live with. So this includes the partner that we choose to be with and what their thoughts, emotions, and energies are like. All of this impacts, um, us and not, and not to get into like blaming everyone around us or being like, it's your bad energy that's impacting me and I got to get out of here because it's also how we respond to it as well. It's a dynamic relationship. It's not just either or. Yeah. Exactly. So also, whenever, for example, let's take this example, moving to a new place, yeah, you want to feel the right place, but also inquire about the history of the place. Mm. You know, I, I've talked about this in depth in my webinar on occult forces where I talk about space clearing and whatnot. Um, to the history, has somebody died there? Have there any ritual ceremonies? Is it built on an ancient graveyard? All these things can affect us, right? That in a negative way, so to speak. Um, but on that note, what I want to uh, mention in terms of space clearing is also like, no offense, but just smudging a place <laughs> with sage or uh, Palo Santo, whatever many use, that hippie type kind of clearing. It works to a certain degree, but it is really just very, uh, you know, superficial symptom management. Yeah, it's like spraying Lysol. <laughs> exactly. So if you really want to change, you got to work more like doing almost psychic surgery in the place via like what you just mentioned, meditating, tuning to space, going deep and impregnating the whole space with your energy. I actually have a, um, sorry, were you done? Yeah. I have an experience doing that. Um, so when I was living at uh, the intentional community, the eco village I was living at, there was one uh, space that no matter who lived there, they couldn't last very long in there. And they always ended up moving out, usually like with a lot of drama behind it. So I could, and I went into that, that, that uh, living quarters, it was its own separate house and I could feel there was an energy in the space. So I decided as an act of service to the community, I would spend like a few hours in there. I would do yoga. I would meditate. I would go into prayer. I would say, you know, certain prayers and basically certain invocations to bring in the divine in there. And so I did that for a few hours. And then immediately after I got sick, from be from taking that on basically but then shortly after within i think a month or two someone who was more positive for the land ended up moving in there they ended up moving out anyway but it was interesting to see how um actually this place had gone not occupied for months and then after i did that and i kind of took one for the team and got sick then someone someone there was kind of a movement in that place but you can really i mean depending on how comfortable you are doing kind of psychic spiritual work you can really influence the energy of the place i've done that quite a few times in fact um the one of the places i lived in in vancouver similar thing i moved in it was like a punk house where people partied and i like intentionally worked with the energy in my room i made it a sacred space that's really important is to like set up a sacred space in a house that can be like an anchor of light as well. And really just doing as simple as it sounds, if you do like they've even done studies where people like a mass amount of people meditating in the city will lower the crime rate. So never underestimate the power of meditating in a space and really going deep because as you meditate, you will be tuning into the ether, you know, so you will be transmuting that energy. Yeah. 
And also important to understand, which I think we hinted at before, is wherever you are, it's also still a reflection of where you're at yeah. to some degree on, on some level anyway. You know, not to oversimplify in the new age type of you create your own reality and, and law of attraction and whatnot. But, you know, when you're overly externally focused and complain a lot, like also look within. Right. Mm -hmm. To what is like how you react to situations, because everything has a teaching function, whoever comes into your life, whoever triggers you, whatever's the surrounding you're at. And the more you clear yourself within, the more you change your frequency and then, then the more free will you actually gain, the more creative power, so to speak. Yeah. Right. And that's actually the true uh, secret to what's quote unquote um, reality creation. Um, but again, it is about taking self-responsibility. So, um, you know, what I want to also talk about is besides the living situation with the environmental consciousness, but also other places that affect us. It's, uh, you know, it's, it's just really every space has a certain energy signature, so to speak. And I think many of listeners already are aware of how, you know, the energies are also very intense in, in people. Uh, where people gather, you know, be it especially at bars, nightclubs, when there's alcohol involved, that's just another, you know, it's almost, you can bet it's invested with entities. Then certain parties, concerts, festivals, sport events, you know, any place with big crowds and intoxicated people can also affect us very intensely. And it's really like, can be challenging to hold your energy. It's not, I'm not saying that you should avoid these spaces, do whatever you like, you enjoy. But the more you are around people that are, first of all, intoxicated with drugs, alcohol, or crowds of people, it will affect you on some level, unless you can really hold your ground, stay in body, not uh, let you affect, uh, let this energy affect you. Then obviously, hospitals, cemeteries, and morgues, that's another you know, I don't know how many and, people and hang out in morgues, <laughs> but to the goth, to our goth fans out there, like I don't know, but hospitals, you know, that's also a, a sketchy energies there with, um, you know, earthbound spirits hanging around and all that. Um, but also, like I mentioned before, especially houses built on prehistoric remains, um, places of historic ancient battlefields, ruins and cemeteries. We don't know the history of the land where you live that it can affect us. Um, Can I say something about cemeteries? Yeah, go ahead. I actually went into this famous uh, tourist attraction in Prague that was a cemetery of people who died in World War II. It was a Jewish cemetery for people who died during World War II. And it's just, you've been there too. It's like really yeah. creepy. The headstones are all crooked and the land is all crooked. It looks like something out of a horror movie. And I went in there, um, you know, this is also like years into having a daily yoga and meditation practice. And I could only last, like I was, I thought it was fascinating just visually, but I only lasted like maybe five minutes in there max. I had to leave because I was actually going to throw up. Like that's how strong it was. And I paid like 30 bucks to get in there or something, but I couldn't be in there. I was just, it was just too much. And it was interesting to see, you know, um, a lot of people who can, who don't feel sensitive to this energy often it's because they are checked out. They don't even know what they're feeling in their own body. But yeah, I thought that was pretty interesting. Yeah. So what I also want to tie that into before we go deeper this in this second hour, how these how places and spaces not only affect us, uh, you know, energetically, emotionally, psychologically, our moods and whatnot, but it really affects our thoughts and our behaviors and actions. Yeah, we're being influenced by forces and energies that we then take certain desires, thoughts, or emotions our own and act them out. 
very yeah. mechanically mistaking that's as our own. And, and I like to tie this into a, um, a quote by the mother, Shira Bindo's uh, partner, also from Integral Yoga. And she makes a really good point uh, separating uh, willings from will. So she says, I told you that willings are movements arising not from a higher consciousness coming down into the being and expressing itself in action, but from impulses or influences from outside. We reserve the word will to express what in the, in the individual consciousness is the expression of an order or impulse coming from the truth of the being, from the truth of the individual, his true being, his true self, you understand, that we call will. In all the impulses, actions, movements arising in the being which are not that, we said we're willings. And I told you, in fact, that without knowing it, or at, t at times even knowing it, you're moved by influences coming from the outside, which enter in without you even being aware of them, and arouse in you what you call will, that a certain thing may happen, or another may not, etc. So, you know, what she's hinting at is exactly that, that we, and we have talked about this many times before, we are just influenced by forces, beings, or environmental consciousness by other people, by the land, by places, spaces that arouse certain emotions, feelings, even desires in us resulting in certain actions, mm. which are simply not our own. Yeah. You know? Can I just say something on that? Yeah. I just, what came to mind is, um, I had this great idea to move into this house where someone killed themselves. <laughs> Um, it's like a Scorpio move. No, because well, this is a long story, but I knew the girl and she lost her father and her father built this like amazing house out of driftwood. And I was like, yeah, let's, you know, your father died. Let's honor him by building this house up. And so that was my like idea. Um, but then when I was living there, she ended up actually living there with me in the end, but I would stay there and sleep there. And now I realize like, the loneliness I felt there was so intense. And when you said that, I realized, because he killed himself in the, like, literally the next room where, where, my, where my bed was set up. And that could have also just been the loneliness of that place and what he was experiencing. So, Or him still hanging out there as an earthbound spirit mm -hmm. when he killed himself. It's Suicide true. sometimes keeps people stuck in the astral oh, realm. Oh, for sure. Because I actually, um, I was kind of developing my own psychic sensitivity. And then I remember one night I actually was able to tune into him um, right before he died. Like it was like that energetic moment was like trapped in the room it was yeah. really intense but yeah anyway just a side note and you see this on a basic level in crowds when a crowd um, breaks out in panic everybody's infected by the contagion yes right right away if you don't have a ground in your true self embodiment mm -hmm. you, you know you get affected by it yeah that's also something we have to do you know when we work with groups and people the retreat like you and i have to be really good at holding our own you know yeah. uh, core i guess you could say because there's so much going around as well and it's also important you know it's not about like not feeling the environmental consciousness because that's a pretty sociopathic but it's allowing these movements to move through you so like just like a gust of wind comes in the room when you open the door like allowing these waves to move through you without identifying with it and without grasping onto it and if we do tend to grasp onto it it's because there's some sort of inclination between in us with like so say if like there's anger in the environmental consciousness and then we really grasp onto it it's because there's some element within us who gets very hooked by that exactly that's very important to keep in mind so we don't fall again off the blame 
trap mm -hmm. and externalizing. Whatever is happening in the environmental consciousness can only affect you if there's a certain response within you. Yeah. Already a crack in what Sri Rabindu called the, the field of snow that protects us, the, the aura. You know, that's also why illnesses, and we'll get back into that, uh, more into that into the second hour because I want to also address this whole coronavirus. Mm. fear mongering that's going on and fear is the actual virus that the only virus that can truly harm you yeah. right because once you lower your defense you know by getting into fear frequency then something can come in yes. even an illness so once you're more sensitized actually your sensitivity have developed on embodiment level and are more aware of your energy body your or your environmental consciousness you can also reject you yeah. know you know, certain impulses and because you realize this is not coming from my true self, from what the, what the mother called the true will, but it's a willing trying to plant itself. And most people are driven by willings. Most people are highly mechanically driven by impulses, desires, wants and needs that are literally not their own. Yeah. And this is also why these occult forces like to tag into us when our defenses are down, you know, yeah. and you can even see this on a more 3D level, like, you know, when you're really not feeling well, and then maybe your like toxic partner from the past, like contacts you again. It's mm. like these forces are always trying to get into you when there's like a weak point, which I think is a good segue that this is also something, you know, this is why we decided to do the course that we're doing, because there's like, there's a lot of conversation about this topic. Topic, but there isn't really a lot of um, multidimensional action about this. So we're really trying to do collective shadow work, trauma work, and also collective work with the occult forces in the course we're about to offer. Yeah. So this is something that we really want to, like, I feel personally passionate about. I, I personally, like... I have this um, perspective on the shadow where I feel, you know, uh, you can ally with the shadow and basically accelerate your spiritual growth. Because if you're not afraid of looking at the darkest parts of yourself that you reject, then you're also not going to be impacted by the occult forces as much because it's only when especially as you just mentioned we get into these fear and we also want to just re reject reject parts of reality whether it be the 3d matrix or the hyperdimensional matrix that's actually when they can control us because we're in denial about the light and the dark exactly and also again the the course online course is called occult force no it's called um, shadow work trauma uh, and, and occult, occult forces. forces exactly and the registration starts march 11th so keep an eye for that and uh, sign up to my mailing list and the course itself will start april 11th until may 9th um, and also I want to just mention on that now, cold forces or cold simply means hidden, first of all. So we look at the hidden forces, also the hidden hostile, yes. called hostile adverse forces, but also especially in that course, we want to also talk and address one module will be also about, um, divine forces, divine forces or cold. Uh, benevolent forces, the forces of nature and how we can contact the divine and, and you know, have the assistance and support because yeah. it's not that black and white. Yeah, and it's also not, it's very imbalanced to focus on just on the occult forces and personally oh, occult hostile, uh, hostile forces and personally looking back on my life uh my experience of reality totally up-leveled when I learned to also ally and contact and ask for support from divine forces. And that will show up in your life through, you know, insights, through synchronicities. It can also 
it it can also uh, align exactly the people that are going to be best for your evolution. So it's really important if we are aware of these occult hostile forces to also balance it with using our conscious power of creation to anchor and align with the light because there are benevolent forces who are waiting to actually give us assistance if we can make a clear request and we know how to do that. And have the sincerity. And sincerity. Yeah. So we want to just give it a little overview of what we're going to get into in part two. So things we weren't able to get into is really about talking about these kind of masculine feminine energies. And also what I've noticed is um, there's different elemental properties of a place. So there's a place, a city could be heavy in fire and earth. And so you can kind of decide on where to live based on what element is needs to be balanced within you. Also um, signs that we know we're in a place that doesn't have great energy for us. Maybe we can just like kind of somatically explain that to you signs that we can tell a place is good energy, maybe give some more uh, suggestions on what you can do to keep the energy in a space um, benevolent, I guess you could say. Um, And yeah, kind of just give you some little prompts to go into a somatic self-inquiry on if you're in a place where you don't want to be and you want to decide where you should go next, or maybe you just want to, uh, you know, this is also something you decide all the time, not just when you're moving. Like I make a somatic decision on where I want to go, like day to day, moment to moment, maybe not in our own house, but you know, even you can do it. Like, should I go to the grocery store right now? You can do it for yeah. things like that too. So somatically meaning really tuning into your body and not making decision from the head. Exactly. And, and also look into the various elements, you know, that, uh, uh, you know, also correlate to our own energetic setup, which astrology can help with that, you know, yes. with the elements. And there's something also called astro um, cartography. cartography as well. You know, these just tools, Not none of those tools have the complete answer and all of that, but it can help us because, again, it's very important to understand that it's highly subjective. You know, whatever place, space works for us may not work for another. So we need to also, like I mentioned before, careful not to project, not to generalize or LA sucks, New York sucks or whatever. This place sucks. No, this is, if you experience it, this is your personal experience and it's different for each and many different factors come in. So we want to explore this deeper in the second hour and also want to go deeper into what I meant, the mother mentioned, the difference between will and willings. And uh, again, if you are not a member already, please go to my website, veilofreality.com and sign up to the membership. It gives you access to the second hour of all podcasts, as well as access to the membership forum. See you there. <laughs> 